Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, so uh, you may have remembered uh, talk of Area 51. That's apparently where all the UFOs are hanging out and where the, U- the Air Force has stored all the UFOs that they've found over the years. Lots of movies, lots of stuff made of it and such. And I, I think this started way back when as a hoax on social media that uh, there was a pile of, um, you know, people that are interested in this sort of stuff. They're going to storm Area 51. Which um, I, I don't think I'd recommend uh, storming any Air Force facility, any military facility, because, you know, they're probably prepared for that kind of thing. Uh, that being said, uh, obviously it has generated more interest around the area. And with that, also, uh, and this is coming out of NBC, uh, Navy confirms videos did capture UFO sightings, but it calls them under a different name and doesn't know exactly what the unidentified aerial phenomena uh, seen in these videos are. So two separate things to talk about. Let's bring in Paul Delaney. He's with us now, Professor of Astronomy, York University. Paul, how are you? Excellent, Scott. Yeah, so, a very unusual topic of conversation for So, us you know, so how much weight do you do professional astronomers put in this sort of thing? Do they just kind of blow it off or do you have these discussions? Do you Are you open to these discussions? Oh, I think we're open to the discussion, but I mean, you know, you've got to facilitate those conversations with some degree of fact and some degree of perspective. And when it comes to UFOs or unidentified aerial phenomena, UAPs is the Navy is now calling them, there's not a lot of fact that we can draw on. Uh, the, the, the video footage that they have released certainly does show something that they can't identify. But that doesn't necessarily immediately equate to little green men flying at us from Mars in flying saucers. There is no doubt that there is something unidentified in that footage. Whether or not you want to call it a UFO or a UAP, nobody knows what it is. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there that we can't identify because we don't have all the facts. I personally am not convinced that uh, the government doesn't necessarily know what was going on. Of course, they're going to tell us that they don't know, especially given the fact they've also said that we weren't supposed to see it in the first place. So I doubt that they're ever going to come around and say, oh, yeah, and by the way, we know what it is. So, you know, you've, you've got to have some fact to base your conversation on. And that's unfortunately where most of the UFO conversation falters, because there aren't a whole lot of facts out there. Um, but does, you know, when they, when the officials, when the Air Force military, whoever decides uh, not to talk about this, does that not just add to the mystery? I mean, you brought up the, uh, the UFO sighting and apparently this is three videos posted online that have been described as being related to UFO sightings, um, and do indeed include footage of unidentified aerial phenomena, a U.S. Navy spokesperson confirmed. So what would the Navy... Uh, what would the Navy say about this? What wouldn't they say about this? Well, I, I think the, the less they say, the better off they're going to be. And one of them was all the way back in 2004. And let's face it, drone technology was relatively immature at that point in time compared to today. But, but let's just center on drone technology. I mean, unfortunately, it's been in the news a lot with, with that attack in, in Saudi Arabia. These types of drones have been under development for now probably the better part of 20 years, yet they've only become part of common everyday language over the last five to ten. Like most you know, technologically advanced activities, there's a lot that happens before they reach the public's eye and become commonplace. So I'm not that uncomfortable or distressed over the fact that 
probably a variety of differing militaries around the world, for better and probably for worse, have been engaged in those types of clandestine developments for a long period of time. Hmm. And they're going to practice with them, not just on their own Air Force bases. They're going to send them wherever. Uh, and then, you know, it wouldn't surprise me either if they deliberately want them to be seen, to put them through their paces and see whether or not uh, a given organization is, in fact, going to be able to track them, uh, and so on and so forth. But again, th- this is ripe with speculation. I'm, right. I'm speculating just as the next person. Until you've got some facts to work with, it really is hard to have a credible conversation. And denial is going to be the first line of defense of any organization around the world, the U.S. or otherwise, when it comes to, quote, UFOs. Unidentified. And that's, that's the key word. They're unidentified flying objects. They're not necessarily <laughs> flying sources. <laughs> so uh, you're suggesting that the military could be saying um, this is some sort of device. Uh, it's not what you think it is, but we can't tell you what it is because it involves military secrets. Does that surprise you too much, really? No, it doesn't. Not <laughs> at all. Not at all. Now, the, uh, you know, of, even I, to the point where the pilots who they flew it in front of, would we, hey, don't tell the pilots just to see the reaction. Oh, that- Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, what's the term? Plausible deniability or something? Yeah, Isn't that the, yeah. the catchphrase? But there are a lot of other UFO sightings that come down to credible objects. I mean, we're talking about meteors through the atmosphere, deorbiting satellites, weather balloons, drone satellites, e- even your your favorite little backyard drone, which you know with with, with uh, colored lights on it. You know, they tend to fly around now. Uh, and, and people see these flying lights in and around buildings and, and built-up areas. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's, there's lots of stuff out there that create UFOs, but people should not immediately jump to the conclusion that that means, you know, <laughs> as your X-Files music suggested, that we're not alone. <laughs> so, in other words, people, uh, they're not little Martians, but we can't tell you what it is. Yeah. So, Why is this situation with this UFO sighting or what, whatever you want to call it, why is this one gaining so much attention? Because it came out of the U.S. Navy. Yeah. I, I think that's really what it amounts to. Most of the time when we see UFOs, it's you know, somebody driving in the middle of nowhere and they see a strange yeah. light. Or you know, it's from an aircraft and people see it and you know, it's gone after a few seconds and very little credible footage is available. This one, you know, the Navy has released. Uh, and you know, it, it goes on for, I don't know, many, many tens of seconds as these pilots try to track the darn thing. So the moment the U.S. military becomes attached to these types of events, I think the credibility goes right. up a long way, even though they're saying, it wasn't us. We don't know what it is. The credibility goes up a lot. I mean, and even if they say that they don't know what it is, it doesn't appear like they care. It doesn't appear like it's any sort of threat. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, don't worry, people. It's not what you think it is, but we can't tell you what it is. Well, that just makes me think that they probably have got a darn good idea where it was coming from. Yeah. Maybe it was the, the, you know, the Marines that were doing something unusual <laughs> I don't know. I have no. Why would the Na- Why do you think the Navy would release this information if they normally keep mum on this sort of stuff? Why confirm it? Why? Why? Well, why if, give us something more to think about? If you believe what was it? It came out of um, the, the Black Vault uh, newsletter or something or other. According to that, yeah. if, if that's credible, and I have no idea whether it is, it wasn't supposed to be released to the public. It was some eager beaver who was collecting footage from various U.S. sources, U.S. military sources, and compiling it, I don't know, into a spreadsheet. And he got approval for doing all that. 
but for some reason he decided to release this to the public. So the implication was that he wasn't supposed to release it to the public. Uh, I don't think he's got his job anymore. Uh, and it was just meant to be collecting these types of reports from various assets, probably from NASA, the U.S. Air Force, the U.S. Navy, and so on, collating it into you know some sort of list. That's the impression I got reading the, the article I wore. You know, and you bring up a valid point about the technology of drones and, and so on and so forth. And, uh, and you know, we're not suggesting that this is some weekend warrior because I think they were at 29,000 feet or whatever. Um, but, but that being said, I mean, you know, all we have to do is look at the, um, the oil attack on the oil infrastructure in Saudi Arabia, which apparently was done with 17 drones or something to that extent. Um, so obviously this technology has become very sophisticated. It certainly has. Uh, and let me just give you another you know, uh, example of how quickly it has become commonplace here. Uh, you've got a smartphone which has got a terrific camera on board. Uh, you know, 10 years ago, you probably had a flip phone of some description, and 20 years ago, you probably didn't carry a cell phone. Yeah. But the technology that is being used for uh, the imaging of our phone was pioneered back 40 years ago. Astronomers using CCD technology back in the early 1980s, but it hasn't become commonplace until the 21st century. And now, of course, nobody would consider buying a phone unless it had at least a 12-megapixel camera. So, you know, technology advances slowly at the, the beginning, and I won't say in the shadows, but, you know, underneath the radar. And then when it becomes fully mature, read that to mean relatively cheap and inexpensive, everybody has one. Well, it's like you've mentioned before, the uh, Apollo series of rockets had less technology than what you carry in your phone right now. Absolutely. Which, when you think about it, is just, that is very frightening. Very frightening. All right, the second story, and we're going to debunk this as well. Uh, Area 51, first of all, for those that may not know, is Area 51 still as popular? It seemed to be really popular, like, during the Twilight Zone and the 60s and stuff. Is it just as, is it just as mysterious now as it's always been? I think it is, but to be perfectly honest, you know, since Stargate uh, stopped coming across our TV, Area 51 does seem to have subsided somewhat. But, you know, during the heyday of Star Stargate and, and Stargate Atlantis, Area 51 was on our televisions every week. These days, not so much. What is it? Where is it? Uh, it is a uh, U.S. naval uh, base, a naval air force base, excuse me, in, uh, in the middle of Nevada. It's a real place. Uh, it's got a couple of tiny little towns of about 150 people surrounding it, but it's truly in the middle of nowhere, which is where a lot of uh, you know, U.S. military bases are. They don't want them in uh, you know, built-up areas. Uh, and what it does there, according to the officials, uh, is it conducts tests uh, of, of aircraft, you know, uh, presumably advanced flying vehicles. Is it a, it's uh, a top-secret facility, though. Is that top yeah. Yeah, well, most, most U.S. Air Force... Yeah, that's true, too. Are. You just can't walk on like it's a shopping mall. <laughs> no, exactly not. Not unless you want to get shot. It's not a good plan. Uh, but this one became uh, very, very popular at the end of the 1940s uh, with the so-called Roswell incident, because apparently that's where whatever they found at Roswell got taken. But as you've indicated, you know, people can you know, run with those types of stories and then almost any other ufology-type uh, event that took place in the 50s and the 60s, and they were very popular back then, Area 51 seemed to be the resting place for all of this advanced alien technology, not to mention the few aliens that we apparently found.
So uh, is anybody going to attempt to storm this place? I mean, I know I understand they got lots of festivities and concerts going on around the area. Concerts apparently are raging down there. Last report I saw, about 1,500 visitors had turned up. That's well shy of the many millions that had said on the Facebook rally that they were planning to come. And maybe those characters are just as interesting as Martians if if they had landed. We're certainly looking at some of the the outfits that are public. <laughs> no question in the world. There seems to be a bit of debate whether or not a couple of people did try to cross the boundary line of the gate. Uh, there was apparently an interesting urination episode that took place, right. and that a couple of people might have been arrested. But that seems to be about the the extent of it. The rest of the folks seem to be having a good time with lots of uh, fun music uh, and festivities. I've not seen anything that suggests that people have tried to cross the boundary which goes from the public areas into the Air Force Base, other than, as I said, these two interesting individuals who might have been doing the wrong thing. Now, uh, uh, have have any officials or anybody from Area 1, the military, have they commented on any of this stuff? They commented, I guess, about two months ago, or they're about to basically said, you don't want to do this. Uh, <laughs> 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 just like you don't want to do it at any classified yes, military uh, base. I have just like you don't want to hop over the law, uh, the fence at the White House. There's certain things you just don't want to do. I don't think you'll get very far. <laughs> not, not at all. I haven't seen any particular commentary today. As I said, it's mostly being handled by the sheriff's office. They seem to be supplying security, shall I say, to the Air Force Base. <laughs> uh, but, but that's purely on the outside. So, you know, at the moment, everybody just seems to be tongue-in-cheek, enjoying themselves. And as long as that's the way it plays out over the next two days, I think everybody who will go, you know, Woodstock version, you know, final, yeah. you know, you know <laughs> Woodstock final meets version. the alien, yeah. That's right, exactly. <laughs> I couldn't quite put that together. I was wondering if, you know, maybe the uh, Air Force or anything would, like, roll out some sort of laser device so anybody that goes over the fence just, you know, vaporize them just to keep everybody happy. <laughs> I hope not. That really isn't good publicity to the U.S. military. Let me ask you this question. What does this do for your business, your industry? Does this, as silly as this is, does it generate more interest? We seem to be just as interested in the last frontier as we were during the Apollo series. We, we are. These types of incidents, though, I don't think play to the mainstream. Most people who are interested in astronomy and space science are in it for the right reasons, uh, to better understand our universe, to push the boundaries of human knowledge, potentially to be able to go up and you know spend a night in Earth or to go off to the moon and so on. These types of incidents, I don't think uh, either you know, persuade people one way or the other. This is a bit of a fringe element, shall we say, the ufologists out there. And in this particular uh, instance, I think it's nothing more than a, a good weekend. So I, I don't think it's playing one way or the other to the uh, improvement of numbers of planetaria or observatory. <laughs> but it is selling a lot of T-shirts somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Somebody is making a dollar out of it. There's no question in the world about that. But it's not observatory, it's planetarium. Paul Delaney has been with us, professor of astronomy, York University. Paul, as always, thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated. Have a great weekend. You too, Scott. Cheers. This is the Scott Thompson Podcast, available on Apple Podcast and Google Podcast or wherever you get yours. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review so you don't miss a thing. I'm Scott Thompson, and thanks for listening.